You are listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman, and this is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hello, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? We are really excited to have you on today for another amazing episode. Oh yeah, we got a rip snorter for you folks. We got the fine gentlemen, or two of the three fine gentlemen, from the Orioles Spastics podcast joining us on the phone in just a little bit. But first, episode 55, Sam, that means that we've reached that classic retirement age. (laughs) That's right. Baltimoreans looking to move on to a more relaxed and greener pasture. Mm. Considering moving down to Florida, for example, and covering the Marlins. Or considering drawing down on that 401k that we really haven't been accumulating. <laughs> we should get intern Scotty on setting up the uh, paperwork for that. A lot of work for him this week. All right. We're stepping back and letting all those young guns, like Orioles Spastics, step up and have a go. Um, and uh, it's only five episodes from us joining the official AARP of podcasts, so that's a good thing to look forward to. Is that the uh, American Association of Retired Podcasters? It is indeed. <laughs> okay. But as they say, age is just a number, and mm. 55 is, is more than just that. It's more than stiff joints, high cholesterol, and a prostate that's the size of Wilson Bedemitt's knee. <laughs> For example, 55 is the 10th number in the Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> 55 is also the number of times that Andy McPhail has woken up screaming in the middle of the night, gone to check his personal safe and wallet to see if Peter Angelos has snuck in to take his credit cards and emergency $20 bill. 55 is also, and this is an interesting fact, the most common speed limit in America, thanks to, in part, the 1974 Emergency Highway Energy Conservation Act. Ah, one of my favorite acts. It's one of the greatest of American history. In reaction to high gas prices brought on by the oil crisis, this law prohibited speed limits of higher than 55 miles per hour across the country in an effort to save fuel. It was never really enforced, didn't do much to save gas, and was repealed in 1986, but people are lazy, and many of the same 55 mile per hour signs exist to this day. That's why it's one of my favorite acts. <laughs> it's a good one. Completely ineffective, one. yet enduring in its strength. <laughs> it's kind of my it's kind of my ultimate aspiration for this program, actually. Well, we're 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 pushing uh, we're pushing on to the point where we're moving on to greener greener pastures. And Indeed, we are. Indeed, we are. And uh, speaking of running out of time, Alan. Uh, <laughs> We had a number of segments we wanted to get to this week that we don't have time for because we had too much damn fun talking to the aforementioned excellent gentleman at Orioles Spastics, which means we're not going to tell you about how excited we are that we took three out of four from the Red Sox. No time. We are not going to tell you that we think it may actually be a blessing in disguise that Wei Yin Chen is missing a a month and a half at the beginning of the season as opposed to tiring at its end. True, but no time. <laughs> no time. We also are not going to tell you that if you wagered money that Zach Britton would outpitch Justin Verlander tonight, you have just won a Ferrari. <laughs> Certainly no time for that. Instead, we're going to move right on to talk to a group of podcasters who have brilliantly combined the very best of baseball, the Baltimore Orioles, with the very best of television, Arrested Development. Their name is Oriole Spastics, and our conversation with them went a little bit like this.
There is, morons, what one might call a verdant garden, or a, a bumper crop, if you will, of O's podcasts that have burst onto the scene in recent months. But there is only one which can credibly claim to seamlessly blend Oriole's magic and Bluthian illusion. The name of that show, ladies and gentlemen, is Oriole's Spastics, and we are joined by two of its hosts, Dean and Charlie. Chris is in absentia this evening, but he is also one of the triumvirate of geniuses that runs that program. They join us right now on Baltimoreans. How are you gentlemen doing this fine evening? Well, what... Do we deserve that intro? <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely don't deserve geniuses. We're putting in a vote for genius. <laughs> I also, no, we're, we're happy to be here. I also realized that I, uh, I called you a triumvirate, which is not actually a word. And it, uh, <laughs> it made me think, just to jump right in with both feet, of uh, one of my favorite recurring themes is, I believe it is, is it you, uh, Mr. Charlie, who sometimes has difficulty with the, with the words? <laughs> yes, all the words. Actually, I was just thinking today about my well, nightmaring really today about how I was going to pronounce the first baseman that we called up. Oh God! <laughs> oh dear! Well, and don't I'm worry, gonna... he's not going to be around for very long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too worried. But I'm going to. Don't tell me what it is. I'm going to save it for our podcast. Okay. Uh, so you, you have something to tune into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Charlie, no. You Charlie know, guesses the names of AAA players. We have a limited amount of shticks on Oriole Spastics, and we can't be wasting them all here. So <laughs> that's fair. Save <laughs> well, j- just to give you a hint, if you just say the name Travis and then pretend you're sneezing loudly. Uh, that'll probably get you most of the way there. Um, but yeah, you guys had uh, a recurring joke on a recent episode about you uh, trying to say the word for the vehicle that takes uh, sick people to the hospital. Yes, the ambulance. <laughs> the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. It's no joke. That's Charlie's life. Yeah, it's. I am always terrified, and I've said this on the show, I, I'm always terrified that one day I'll be in an emergency. And I will be a first responder, and I will run over and be cradling this person's head in my hands and you know people will be frantic all around me and I'll turn and shout out quick somebody call an ambulance <laughs> <laughs> and everyone it, will laugh <laughs> everyone will be so confused and I'm worried that that person will die in my hands <laughs> no one will know what I'm saying <laughs> I think I think they'll have context clues I think you'll be okay yeah <laughs> I, I, I and Alan are, are often asked, as I'm sure you guys are, uh, why we waste our lives uh, recording an obscure baseball podcast. And I think the answer is that it helps us process our existential concerns about life. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sure... I'm it's sure it's giving you a chance to practice the word ambulance, all the more, all the more power to you. <laughs> so, uh, so to jump into it uh, a little bit more, since, since we already did jump in... Um, I uh, I wanted to know so your guys podcast uh, is an arrested development themed Orioles podcast um which is which is fantastic to listen to um as an appreciator of both of those things your logo is the classic Oriole bird uh hoisting the bat over his shoulder but the bat in your logo is a blue th- frozen banana um <laughs> So I was wondering, was it a shared appreciation for Arrested Development or a shared appreciation for the Orioles that uh, provided the initial impetus for you guys to start recording together? Curious. Well, Charlie, Chris, and I, we we had a few conversations over the past years, usually sitting at Camden Yards thinking to ourselves, you know, 
we're mildly knowledgeable and, and mildly amusing when we get together. Um, <laughs> and what's better to pick up chicks than to you know run some kind of baseball-themed podcast? So we talk <laughs> about those at the games, but they would, it would quickly flame out. Um, but it really came together this past, this past year, um, and there was this immediate text chain that went together, and it, and it, and it, read, it read thusly, if I may read it for you. Oh, please do. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is I'm excited for this. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie texts. Nightsy, Dean texts. Orioles podcast. Charlie texts again. And heroin. Chris finally <laughs> responds. Yes. And this is the beginning of our podcast. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful and I'm a little worried about you guys. <laughs> and it, it it may be a haiku. <laughs> it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> so it's a it's a podcast born in poetry um, and substance abuse, um, <laughs> like 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 I mean I think ours was too minus the poetry. Um, <laughs> well, I think the other thing, the other thing of, of why we chose Arrested Development, um, we were initially starting to think about this as Dean said a couple of years ago when the Orioles were, as you may remember awful really just a bad baseball team <laughs> and we were really excited about the idea of talking about them and then we started to think about you know it's gonna we're gonna get into july and hate the orioles mm. um hate love you know oh, sure right sure, of, course. Sure. of course uh, uh, yeah it's, you guys were doing podcasts at that time and i've i've heard a couple of them and <laughs> you, know, you know you you understand you struggle yeah. you struggle you struggle to get the energy to even, even press the record button <laughs> it's tough and and so trying to head that off and yeah. head off our complete lack of of wit and humor we thought we should try to incorporate a show that you know both would keep us entertained and you know have wit and humor so we didn't have to do it for ourselves yeah <laughs> Uh, and we and we thought if we kept the same show, we we thought you know at first maybe do a couple different shows, um, and just sort of mess around, do some pop culture. And we thought you know we're going to really alienate the five or six listeners if we switch <laughs> up the shows every time. Uh, so let's just stick with one show. Uh, let's do Arrested Development because it's is the greatest of the shows. It is. Oh, for sure. Indeed. Well, and and actually that leads really well into our next question. Um, you you do uh, a really great job of blending in extremely rewarding commentary for people who are fans of both the Orioles and of the uh, and of the Bluths. Uh, one of my favorites is your uh, frequent reference to Ryan Flaherty as Mr. F. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how did we miss that one? Sound drop and all. I, these guys are better at this than we are, Alan. I'm, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so um, it's 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 really rewarding, it and but it's also really smart. And and one of the really smart things that I thought you guys said in a recent episode was you uh, you were talking about the the new season of Arrested Development and how the kind of recurring jokes and callbacks um, serve the purpose of being like a fist bump for loyal viewers mm. of the show. And I was wondering if you feel like, as lifelong Orioles fans, as Alan and I are, the last couple seasons uh, of Orioles baseball have been a similar sort of fist bump for people who stuck it out through the aforementioned dark years. And, and is there some kind of synergy there? Wow, what a, what a great comparison. Would, shouldn't we have made that ourselves, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, actually, I, only, I, I, I actually was thinking of something similar to this today, but only because they asked us to be on this show. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it, sort of, it sort of is. If we had started our podcast last year, as we had, 
had planned, <laughs> we would have had both the the joy of, you know, experiencing a, a surprise out of nowhere Orioles season and finding out that we were indeed going to have more Arrested Development, which would have made for just a hell of a better podcast. That is a nice synergy there, too. Yeah. And, it, and it's true in the fact that we were also, at least I know I was in extreme, extreme denial that that Arrested Development would ever come back. I know I was the last person ever to believe that this season became true. Every time there was a rumor, it was you wanted, you knew something bad was going to come around the corner. <laughs> Someone was going to say, you know, prove that it was false, and you were just kind of waiting last year for things to fall apart. Everyone around you was saying, the Orioles can't keep this up. You know, this is, this is unsustainable. And eventually, it kind of stuck around long enough, and it came true. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, it, uh, it has obviously been a, a very enjoyable ride, uh, you know, um, being with the Orioles through their long drought and back to their uh, recent bout of relevance, much uh, the same with <laughs> Arrested Development, which leads us, gentlemen, to the main thrust of this evening's interview. What we have asked you guys to do uh, is to create a, an Orioles Arrested Development starting lineup. So to uh, fill out a lineup card, uh, starting pitcher, uh, every defensive position, designated hitter, and I, I understand you guys have also added a relief pitcher into the mix yes. of uh, the Bluth, the Orioles' Bluth counterpart uh, who would man that uh, role in a hypothetical game. So why don't we just jump right in? Um, uh, Alan and I have also prepared a, a list which uh, will probably not be as good since we don't do this <laughs> on a weekly basis the way you guys do. Uh, but uh, let's start with starting pitcher. What did you guys come up with? Well, uh, that's a great intro, and I just wanted to say that we do do this on a regular basis. I often dream up what Arrested Development characters would play what position for the Orioles. Um, most most every day at work. Just <laughs> all of Sounds um, like you have a similar job to mine. <laughs> uh, thank God my boss neither likes baseball or Arrested Development. He'll never hear this. Um, if we can just, you know... Get right into it with the starting the starting pitcher. Um, we have uh, Gene Parmesan and one of my favorite names to pronounce, Kevin Guzman. Ah, <laughs> very nice. Ooh, um, I like it. Every time that Gene makes an appearance, there is a lot of excitement. There's lot, usually <laughs> lots of shrieking. Uh, every time that Gene is <laughs> every time that Gene's mentioned, uh, we're we're told that he is. He's the best. He's, he's, <laughs> he's the best. Uh, oh, very despite good. that, the more that we've the more that we've seen of Gene, and the more that we find out about Gene, <laughs> and everyone that has clear rationale, it sort of just appears that he's not really up to the task. Oh now, no! <laughs> we don't think that that will be the case with Kevin. We 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 love Kevin, and we kid because we love. But <laughs> right now, he sort of does remind us of a certain private investigator. Mm, yeah. It's not a not a good feeling. That is uh, well. The, the national media definitely did sort of scream and <laughs> faint when he arrived on the screen on the scene. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hands were wrung in a decidedly Lucilian fashion. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, we we came up with uh, George Bluth, 
for our starting pitcher. Um, his Orioles counterpart, of course, being Sweaty Freddy Garcia. Uh, <laughs> and, and we came up with that because we thought they shared uh, an uncanny amount of longevity for someone so old and seemingly untalented. And frankly, a lot of time in a sweat lodge uh, <laughs> in the most recent nice. the most recent season. Good point, Smith. Well done. Freddie doesn't you know sit. Ne- oh, even the most recent season. Jeez, you guys are so on top of things. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been something that we fixed in post <laughs> on our show. Oh yeah, we should totally uh, bring up the fourth season. I like that. That's a good one. That's good. Uh, all right, how about uh, how about catcher? catcher so for for the catcher we have none other than michael bluth whose mm. orioles counterpart is matt weeders mm-hmm. uh-huh. we'd say michael he's not always in charge we kind of get a sneak peek that lucille and and george are kind of pulling the strings behind his back but for the most part he calls all the pitches he's he's mostly unselfish <laughs> he's mm-hmm. hardworking, and he's a determined leader of the bluth family and he's undoubtedly the best defensive option, much like Weeders. <laughs> However, the defense that Michael specializes in is, in is maritime law, uh, <laughs> due to his appearance, uh, you know, for the the trial of Captain Hook in his elementary school days. Yep. But despite his ironclad defense abilities, Michael obviously has flaws. He's frustratingly slow, <laughs> as demonstrated in how long it Wheels took him to realize that. His love interest was an MRF, <laughs> much like Weeders is frustratingly slow. Yep. And he's, much like Weeders, he's not quite the hitter we thought he'd blossom into. Yep. And that's kind of in him hitting on women, although he occasionally <laughs> will hit one out of the park. <laughs> we, uh, we have literally nothing to add to that. That is a, that is a perfect comparison. And, um, you know, th- I, think, I think that there's a, there is a... Uh, uh, the, the the Matt Weeders sort of working hard with a good heart, but continually coming up just short of all of the promises for him. It's, but, it's, a, it's a beautiful Michael Bluth comparison. But I will say this. You're always hoping for that next really good season. <laughs> uh, the Michael B. Company. He also, something else that's interesting that I just thought of just now is Weeders sort of, when he throws somebody else, he sort of has that disdain on his <laughs> oh, face yeah. That, yeah. that Michael so often has for yeah his most, own family most people right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right uh all right moving right along let's uh let's go over to first base who'd you have for first base so i'll take that one again first base we have white power bill <laughs> oh excellent otherwise known as dirty ear bill dirty dirty ears bill um whose counterpart is obviously chris davis so white power bill oh, he no. believes in the cleansing power of the pipe he, he's this very large, <laughs> hulking man that can swing this bat-like object with, with great force. And um, while White Power Bill did stuff his childhood hatred for his father, um, while with, with the help of Tobias this came out and it eventually led to him jumping to his death, mm-hmm. um, we are kind of reserving hope that Chris Davis isn't hiding some dirty, shameful secret oh, and will God. not assume Ooh. some kind of dirty nickname. Yeah. 
Well, I will say this. Jonah Carey tells us that there's no reason to believe that he's on the <laughs> list for steroids at all. <laughs> and we believe that. Exactly. Like you do. 100%. <laughs> Although, as we, as we said off mic before we started recording, we're still not 100% sure we uh, tweeted at the correct Jonah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> last week because we're we're still not sure why the jonah carey we tweeted at bothered to respond <laughs> to us um well we we obviously also put chris davis at first base but as his counterpart we actually selected ron howard the narrator of the program uh and we thought that that might be because uh like chris davis ron howard is somebody you initially thought would just be sort of a marginal contributor when you started following this team slash family but actually they turn out to be a pretty versatile cog um, sometimes they'll, they'll just lay, uh, a little, a little bit of special sauce on top of you that you're not <laughs> expecting. Um, I, am referring, I, I, I should Like a 335 average. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, you know, pitching a couple innings in relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. And, and you know what, it makes me feel a little less, uh, ashamed that we're taking this, this you know, nice Christian young man and comparing him to a convict. Yeah. <laughs> that did hurt a little. Yeah. <laughs> so over to second base. Over to second base we go. Now, here's the, the, the first question about second base is, who is your Oriole at second base? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're pleased to unveil the second baseman as J. Walter Weatherman. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. As, as played, of course, by Brian Roberts. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> While while J. Walter Weatherman's injuries have left him unable to work for the Bluth Company, he remains obviously a huge presence in the in the show uh, to the Bluth family, and particularly as a walking lesson for all the 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 younger generation of Bluths. Yep. Um, and it's just really easy to envision our old friend Brian Roberts looking up at a crowd of concerned teammates after a plate second with a bloody stump of an arm, and hearing him <laughs> groan out. And that's why you never slide in head first. Oh. <laughs> like like Pete Rose, you know. Yeah. Right. Poor Brian. <laughs> Sad but entirely true. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we we uh, we anointed the second baseman as uh, I guess the guy who has gotten technically the most starts this year, although none of them have been particularly spectacular. Ryan Flaherty. Uh, and while we did not think to get the sound drop, <gasps> see, look at that! Oh, I told you they were better at this than Guess we are. Guess who brings sound drops? That's amazing. Uh, our 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 analogy was uh, for Buster, um, because he he knows he doesn't ever really fit in, and he's not ever going to really be a a, a functional part of the family, as evidenced by the the. Uh, the episode where um, they go to Mother Boy and Buster correctly diagnoses that it's all over for him, but Michael should save George Michael and get him out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I also think uh, if you ever really want to just have a great time, if you're by yourself watching a game, having some whiskey, um, th- when you see, when you watch Ryan Flaherty flail helplessly at a changeup, <laughs> just imagine him saying, hey, off speed pitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, over to third base. Really quick, before before we move on, I do have to just plug the fact that we, as much as we love whiskey, our drink, the official drink of the Oriole Spastics is the Gin Palmer. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> which right. Is, which is for your listeners that are not familiar with us, uh, part part whiskey or part gin, obviously, mm. 
and uh, part Arnold, Arnold Palmer. Excellent. It's it surprisingly refreshing. It's it sounds it sounds like ah those are things that aren't awful. Yeah. But it it turns out it's Comes even better. Yeah, even better than not awful. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to get uh, intern Scotty to whip us up a couple of those. That's a great. How post. does everyone have interns? <laughs> hey, we, we have an intern now. <laughs> well, we need to we need to settle the score between at least uh, both of us and section three thirty six as to who came up with the bad intern joke. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think the real answer is none of us did, <laughs> because it's one of those old tropes. Um, well. We definitely, we definitely have our our qualms with section three three six. Oh yes, your guys, uh, your guys' most recent episode was a uh, a note for note parody. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> we, so uh, you guys are you guys starting the starting the the Orioles podcast beefing, huh? We think we think it's important. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. There's, I think there's probably you know probably a dozen maybe people that listen to. Uh, the collective, with, all of the, all of the podcasts, <laughs> right, right. Bird's eye view, and and mm-hmm. all of us, and 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 whoever else is even out there. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've listened to about ten, and <laughs> it really, it really spices it up, you know, to to have somebody say that they want to punch you in the face on their podcast. Yeah, yeah little, absolutely. Little uh, little East Coast West Coast Biggie Tupac feud going. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's it only a matter of time before uh, one, you know. Some of us get gunned down in a nightclub, and <laughs> we're we're hoping it's a uh, it's you know friendly fire. Think that, think that that's the most appropriate way for that to happen. Yeah, and instead of getting gunned down, it's just too many gin palmers. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of slumped down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, what do you have for third base? Well, we went with uh, Sally Sitwell Ooh, uh, okay. for Manny Machado, and it's because Sally is. The girl of our dreams. She's smart, talented, beautiful. There's nothing that isn't perfect about Sally, and we would gladly blow up her car to be closer to her. <laughs> uh, and the only thing that we wish is that we could have her as ours till death do us part, or, you know, a nice eight to ten year extension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be And good. so Manny Machado, Sally Sitwell. I like yeah. it. I like it. I like it. Uh, we obviously uh, have Manny Machado playing third base as well, although uh, we cast maybe Funke in the role. Um, mm-hmm. Our logic being that, uh, like maybe, Manny is performing at an extremely high level at a very young age uh, <laughs> and is probably well in line for a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's true. <laughs> and apparently has marry me as a key phrase because isn't he already hitched oh, to uh, Suspedis' sister? Uh, Yonder Alonzo's. Oh, Yonder. Yeah. Cespedes' sister will probably marry Mike Trout. (laughs) So glad you guys are saying all these names. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I would point out that I haven't said any of them correctly. Also, I can't say Cespedes' first name. Can't do it. I I know what the letters are, but I can't put them together with my mouth. (laughs) Back over to shortstop. Shortstop, we have... Our only shortstop on the Orioles, of course, doing well, J.J. Hardy. And his Arrested Development counterpart will be, this is a tricky one, I was kind of scratching the bottom of the barrel here, but Earl Milford. Hmm. Whoa. So stay with me here. It's a terrible comparison. So Earl <laughs> is kind of getting up there in age. J.J. is not really getting up there in age, but he is in the top quarter. Um, oh, certainly of the Orioles lineup. Of our roster. Correct. Yep. So he's getting up there. So there's that. And there's no one better 
than Earl when it comes to solid performances day in and day out in all the tasks demanded of him as the founder and president of the Milford Academy. Hmm. <laughs> Just like J.J. or uh, Earl goes about his job, and he's neither seen nor heard. He yeah. stays out of the spotlight, though he'll occasionally make headlines if he you know, goes missing after a few failed at-bats, or if he goes <laughs> missing after a failed magic illusion by Joe Bluth. Excellent. <laughs> So we, uh, we uh, while clearly J.J. would be the starting Oriole at shortstop, we didn't have any good J.J. jokes. Um, so <laughs> yeah, we why put... was that so hard? Because he, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's... He's, he's, he's neither he's... seen nor heard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's you very, can't even he's make fun of the soul fun. patch with him. So, so we went with Alexi Casilla in there. Apparently J.J.'s having an off day. He's, he's going to sit for a little while. So Alexi Casilla, we, we subbed in for, for Tony Wonder. Um, for a couple of reasons, his, his diminutive stature, his fairly unimpressive tricks, like switch hitting, uh, <laughs> and and his ability when uh, when the cool, clear light of day is shown on him to suggest that there isn't actually much magic in that bat at all. <laughs> Which is... I like the switch hitting as as magic yes. because it is. It's just lost on uh, some of the switch hitters on our team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I, still, where'd the lighter fluid come from? <laughs> where, where did, did it the come from? Come from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move out to left field. Left field, we have the stout, <laughs> the wonderful Annabelle Veal. In ah. place for Mr. Steve Pierce. <laughs> okay. So Anne is obviously often referred to as the wall when she's completing in when she's competing in athletic events. So Anne really has this knack for holding her ground. Um, <laughs> way to plan, so, Anne. Way to plan, Anne. <laughs> yeah. You can't knock her over. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet I could knock her over. I'm telling you, Dad, you can't. You can't so her, can't the physical fortitude—the <laughs> physical fortitude that's required for this stability, as alluded to on your last podcast last week—is similar to that of a trash can. Yeah. So wide, barrel-chested, a low center of gravity are all you know these physical attributes that the wall shares with Mr. Steve Fierce. Steve Fierce. <laughs> Spelled with a PH. I like that. Love it. Ah, uh, much appreciated, gentlemen. Much appreciated. Uh, well, we also put Steve Pierce in left field, and in his role, we actually cast Steve Holt. Um, <laughs> and I, this is kind of a gimme. Uh, well, not a gimme. I shouldn't say gimme. It's kind of an uncreative one uh, since they share a first name, but much the way I would like to encourage listeners to imagine Ryan Flaherty flailing at an off-speed pitch and saying, hey, off-speed pitch. Uh, I'd like people to imagine the next time Steve Pierce hits a home run, him going, Steve Pierce, and, and running around the bases. <laughs> It's no, also it's part perfect. of the overall st- Team Steve theme that we've been yes. cultivating on this show. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it is, and in the, in the, in the enthusiasm that, that Steve Holt showed just for the, the three-legged race and this, you know, seemingly, like, insignificant triathlon, like, Steve Pierce is like that on every single play. He's just hustling. He doesn't care what task he's doing. He's just like, <laughs> Steve how, Pierce. He's, he's how bad he looks doing this <laughs> We should also apologize to Nate McClough collectively. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel the need to. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> so who do you guys have over there in center field? 
So in center field, you have already mentioned her, but we have maybe Funke in ah. for Mr. Adam Jones. Okay. So this one gets a little personal. So much like my personal infatuation I have with Adam Jones, George Michael's infatuation ah. with maybe is, you know, at best on again and off again. Mm-hmm. So Adam and maybe are both very talented at what they do best. Best You already said they, they're maybe excelling at a young age. Adam Jones is somewhat at a young age still. Mm-hmm. So Adam Jones is excelling at a major league outfielder and maybe is this tantamount movie executive. Mm-hmm. But eventually, they're going to digress back to their faults, which stand in their way of this sustained success. So maybe uh. can't help but be this mischievous, lying, parental, attention-seeking con artist, mm-hmm. while Adam Jones just can't help swinging at that <laughs> breaking ball that's low in the zone that hits the dirt before the plate. He, mm. just, he just can't lay off it. Reach. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> wow. Oh, I like that so much better than ours. <laughs> yeah. In another apology to the actual starting center fielder, we went with Lou Ford. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's it, right? It's just Lou Ford. That's the, that's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> uh, but the, the analogy, of course, being to Tobias um, for their uh, relative baldness and uh, irrepressible ambition, despite a series of evidences that they're not being quite... Uh, quite that competent <laughs> oh man i you need to not just apologize to adam jones but also maybe lou ford <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were going to say apologize to tobias <laughs> <laughs> all right uh jumping over to right field well uh we have wayne jarvis in right field for or uh, <laughs> nick markakis uh oh that's Dean, we oh, just... that's good <laughs> We've used one adjective to describe Nick Markakis. What is it? Professional. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's a pro. He is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shows up every day. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, a man, that is spot on. <laughs> the guy's a pro. Yeah. Can we just uh, can we just appreciate for a moment the moment in the uh, the last game against the Red Sox when he tagged up from first base on the uh, on the deep fly ball to left field. I've I've said this so much, and I, I, I hate it as, as an Orioles fan, um, but I love it as a baseball fan. He reminds me of uh, the hated Paul O'Neill. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fouls, mm-hmm. fouls off a ton of pitches, great at bats, hustles always, even as he's gotten less... Spry? <laughs> Spry, and his... And his so nice. The cannon, the cannon out of his arm is sort of diminished, and he still plays fantastic defense, um, yeah. or at least gets the balls that maybe he shouldn't based on his skill level. Yeah, um, and he just, he's great, good and, at bats always, and plays that yeah. don't show up in the box score like tagging up from first. Yeah, and can well, I also can I also add? I think he, if he played in a larger media market, would not be thought of as somebody who never lived up to his potential, but would be thought of as a Paul O'Neill type player. Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, maybe he doesn't have quite as many RBIs as Paul O'Neill did, but I would bet that if you put their stats side by side, uh, they would match up pretty favorably. Yeah, and it's it's great because those those old Yankees teams you hated them because. You're kind of a little bit jealous. They were just sure. really top to bottom. Yeah. And uh, I think in no small way, these Orioles kind of are starting to feel that way. Yeah. And uh, Nick Markakis is a big part of that. It's cool. It's Absolutely. a cool thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Well, in, in, in much less glamorous and honorable fashion, we selected Nolan Reimold in right field, uh, <laughs> portrayed by Oscar Bluth, um, because <laughs> he w- tries to stand up for himself, and when he does, he usually either falls down <laughs> or... <laughs> Or, <laughs> or is uh, is purposely injured by those who purport to love him the most. <laughs> by, uh, <laughs> Dang it! Oh, man, that's but, good. By which I mean, uh, you know, I, I feel like every time Reimold goes on the DL, it's like, is he hurt? <laughs> or do we just need a fifth starter? <laughs> oh. I heard he's in buoy. He's in buoy tonight, and the, yep. the game almost got rained out. I was just like, "Oh man, don't oh. let him near the tarp. He's gonna slip." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it's for the best that the game's rained out. It's <laughs> true. So, take one. So, who do you guys have uh, slotted in for the designated hitter? Oh, I'm so glad that this worked out like this. So we have Uncle Jack Dorso. Oh legless, wow! Legless Uncle Jack. <laughs> Also, as portrayed by Nolan Rymold. <laughs> Excellent. So everything you say applies. Yeah, okay, um, But Uncle Jack, he, he has no use of his legs. It's tra- he tragically lost them in a misguided feat of strength. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, much like Nolan Rymold's misguided feats of trying to be a Major League Baseball player. <laughs> And now he just can't do anything for himself. Uh, if, if his body is shaken or even mildly made uncomfortable in any way, he starts spitting up this awful fluid. <laughs> and, and he's insisting that it, this is normal. You know, this is normal. This is what the body does. Every time I try to play baseball, it breaks. Um, <laughs> so he's made, you know, these brief appearances, just like Uncle Jack did in, in the recorded stories of, of the Bluths. And he... You know, they make mention of Uncle Jack being an important <laughs> role in in creating the Bluth Empire. Yeah, kind of like how Reimold was, you know, important last year, but his current state right now is just it's sad and it's it's useless. <laughs> Poor <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Reimold just. Uh, mm. I think he mm. came. He came in maybe for the for the the brunt. I would say of, of this episode. <laughs> One of our one of our preseason predictions um, in our first episode was was how many games is Reimold going to play this year? And Sweet. I I said under fifty or under fifty two something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you're looking uh, you're, you're looking, looking like you're like about like to win a pizza. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> good. Feel good about it. Feel good about it then. Feel better about it now. Yeah. Uh, so our our DH uh, was was Danny Valencia, who um, we think is a very good and veal. Um, mock-up um exactly him every time you see him pencil in the starting lineup the reaction is always the same him uh and uh you know but but at the same time you know recently despite being the butt of many a joke on baltimoreans we have to admit that he that uh both ann and danny have had some you know slightly overlooked performances maybe starting to put something together so uh Despite the low name recognition and the chance that at any minute he will be suspended for fifty games, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're 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 hoping that his solid performances continue. I also think I also think he holds the distinction in two thousand thirteen of getting the harshest critique in the baseball prospectus annual, <laughs> which was deck chair on the Boston Titanic. Oh no! <laughs> they wrote that. <laughs> yeah, they did. 
<laughs> in ink. It's, it's fantastic. So I'm just getting more and more mortified as we go through this podcast. First, Lou Ford, then Nolan Reimold. Oh yeah. An, a, a publication called him the deck chair on the Boston Titanic. It's true. They did. It's true. It really <laughs> sailed out of Boston. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a excellent point that I had never even That's, thought about. It's really, really. Is it too soon? <laughs> it might still be too soon. It might still be too soon. <laughs> it's definitely too soon to call Danny Valencia a major league designated hitter. So. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris isn't here to defend him, so I'll at least say that Chris has um, his irrational, his irrational love for Danny Valencia. Him? Or, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we all have we all have our irrational. The Spastics all have our irrational sure. love of players. Sure. I've I've definitely got my my fanboy crush on Flaherty, despite the fact that he has done nothing to earn it. <laughs> Mister <Mr. Ed. laughs> never gets old. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Despite having just compared him to Tobias, I feel the same way about Lou Ford. Go yeah, yeah you want to see him. You want to see him do well. Oh, There's something sure. about certain players that you just want, and and actually. Yeah, that sounds like a very good transition into our relief pitcher. Yes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Which is somebody that, well, I'll talk about that in a second. We've got Joe Bluth, and mm. coming out of the pen, Petey Strope. Ah, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Being the oldest brother, this is this is this is a this is deep seated. Okay. Okay. Right? okay. Being the oldest brother who finds himself constantly overlooked, Job is. Eh, a bit insecure and sensitive would be putting it pretty mildly. Uh, and whenever he tries to help, he's typically only either screwing things or screwing things up. Um, and he's only making matters worse, especially if the family is already in some sort of jam or pickle. Yep. Um, there's a small chance that some positive reinforcement will push Job to achieve higher greatness, like when uh, Stan Sitwell gave him that pep talk <laughs> in the softball game, and he suddenly started lighting it up. Um, but in the end, Job will fail and fail pretty epically. Uh, and booing him just makes him throw your mail into the ocean a little bit sooner. Than <laughs> it's also telling... It's also really telling that Job can't hit the ocean with the letter for a long time. <laughs> that's true. That's an important parallel. And there's always one of my favorite one of my favorite tweets when I'm live tweeting is whenever Petey Stroke blows it up, just tweeting out where'd the lighter fluid come from? <laughs> he's he's Job. Oh, he is. And, and it's it's tough. It's tough because I, I I tweeted it out last night in a in a moment of of weakness because you shouldn't share your feelings on Twitter. <laughs> no no but, no no. And yet but, we all do. But I did. I, I had to because because you know it's been awful watching him for well since last midway through September Octoberish yeah. Yeah. Um, the all the way August, through now really. he's been just as bad as any of the players that we've had in some of those very bad years. Um, but he was a big part of the the most fun Orioles team and my favorite Orioles team yep. um, for a lot of that season. So is ah, it's so hard for me to. It was so it felt so good to just compare him to to Job there. But you know you just yeah even though he's bad and it's probably the experiment should end yep. now. It's it's hard to it's hard to let 
hard to let those feelings go for for PD. And even when they do go, I mean, he's he's somewhere deep deep in my heart for last year. Well, I might say uh, every time you try to turn away, uh, it's like he's got these two assets that you just wish you could get one more look at, which is why I chose to uh, compare him to Kitty Sanchez. Uh, Pedro's Pedro's assets obviously being his fastball and his slider. Um <laughs> But you really do get the sense that if we decided to designate him for assignment or trade him or something, he'd be like, say goodbye to these. (laughs) And we'd be like, we don't need to. Let's just run him out there one more time and see what happens. Last time. Yeah, it's the last time. <laughs> now, uh, we, this is the, also the first time that Sam and I had an active disagreement here because we have um, mentioned multiple times on the show that, uh, that um, Brian Mattis, while being, um, you know, the, 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 there's no there's no sort of story to go with why he's George Michael except for if you just look at him you just look at him on the mound <laughs> and watch him he always sort of looks like George Michael as he's he's surprised like if someone swings and misses at a fastball he's like oh did did, did I do that <laughs> well, wow I, I uh, has Peters ever thrown the ball back to him and he just kind of like turns away and turns his back to him. <laughs> Well, you can see it happening. (laughs) It's so clear in your mind's eye, even though it's never happened. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and Weeders is, in ours at least, Michael. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Well, uh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Your Baltimore Orioles Bluth's starting lineup. Go over to OriolesSpastics.com or search Orioles Spastics in iTunes. Check out the very fine podcast that these gentlemen have got going on over there, Dean, Charlie, and uh, your third co-host is Chris. Um, That's right. When is you, uh, you guys have another episode slated for this week? Well, it's funny you say that. Um, <laughs> we, we pride ourselves in being the, the least put together and, well, good podcast. Um <laughs> And so no, we don't. We don't have a. This we may have done our last one. Who knows? We we do have we do have, you know, prior ones up there, and we'll we'll definitely do one at some point this week or early next week. Okay. But you know, hard hard to say. Well, in the meantime, people can uh, get caught up on your existing oeuvre so that they are uh, so that they're prepared for all the uh, all the fist bumps when they start coming. Uh, in future episodes. And you guys are on Facebook and Twitter as well. And Absolutely. we thank you uh, very much for coming on Baltimore on this evening. We thank you. This has been more enjoyable than any podcast we have done. So <laughs> best, best, best podcast I've ever been a part of. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we finally made it, Charlie. <laughs> it's, big. it's a big moment. <laughs> listening to Baltimore the home of the all-weather fan ladies and gentlemen we'd like to thank those of you who reached out to us after last week's episode with some very fine contributions we are going to get to them in next week's show we promise we absolutely promise uh thanks in particular to Jake from Bird's Eye View who had a stellar stellar rebuttal 
to our nickname segment from episode 54. And thanks as well to um, Mr. Jimmy Bigwood, who, despite our besmirchment of his good name, (laughs) (laughs) took things in the spirit they were intended and, in fact, gave us a, a beautiful insight into his family lineage. Yes, we're going to tell you about all that and much more next week on Baltimoreans. You can check out all of our previous episodes at baltimoreanspodcast.com. And if you have thoughts on this week's episode, in particular, if you would have made any different selections than we or the good folks at Oriole Spastics as to the Orioles Bluths roster slash starting lineup, you can go over to baltimoreanspodcast.com, click on the link that says contact, and you can email us. You can leave us a voicemail. You can tweet at us. You can even sponsor a segment if you are feeling charitable. So please do those things, and also remember that the music you heard on the show today, (laughs) flawless, flawless segue there, Uh, the music you heard on the show today was, as always, our theme music by Marshall York, the song Birdland by Weather Report as the interstitial music, and behind us right now, it's kicking my heart around by the Black Crows. That is the first time I have ever done that without messing up the names of the bands. And the speed is appreciated because you're probably sick of our voices. See you all next week. Mm -hmm. Madoo-a-doo. Thank you.